I've seen his type before. No sense of loyalty or responsibility. No belief in any ends beyond his own. All right, welcome to Valcast, everyone. We uh, are going to be talking today about the Xbox Showcase, which, um, as many of you know, as you're following what's going on with the Valve, you'll know that there's speculation it might come up with the Xbox Showcase, which is on June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which if you're on the East Coast of the United States is 1 p.m. And then, of course, if you're overseas, you have to adjust according to that. Um it's rumored that this this showcase is going to be talking about quite a few products, including possibly Avowed and maybe some other Obsidian product, products as well. Um, we know that the showcase is going to be about uh, 90 minutes long. That's already been revealed, um, which is pretty standard for what they've done in the past. Um, and this is kind of a... In, in my view, a, a really huge event for Microsoft and Xbox and Bethesda games in general. Um, so I'm really excited to talk with our panel today a little bit about what they think that we might see, what they want to see, uh, specifically about Avowed, but also uh, about um, you know general gaming products that might be announced or revealed. Um, but before we do that, we'll go around the horn here and we'll just see what everybody's been doing. Um, I'll start with parenthesis. What have you been playing? I have a prediction, but you go ahead. Well, I've been uh, picking up Stellaris again. The new DLC just came out. And uh, Stellaris is a grand strategy star empire game by Paradox Interactive. And I think one of its most interesting features, but it is a very good game besides, is its empire creation, which is very involved. You can set uh, the kind of portraits for your race. You can set the style of their clothes, if applicable. You can have a, a customizable name list. There are specific ship types. You can have emblem, which is also customizable. You can set government types, civics, um, favorite uh, planet type, the, the origin, which is either a straight up numerical bonus or actually contains some story content that, that takes you into the early or late game. And, and besides that, it's an excellent game uh, to tell various space stories. And not only can you make these individual star empires to play in a game, but you can also make them and, and then use them in other games of, of yours as, as NPC star empires. So even if you don't oh, like, cool. say, play, playing space elves, you can create a space elf empire and then you can just click on them and then they will replace some of the uh, game-generated ones. That's It's it's very interesting uh, from a character creation point of view that they've gone so in-depth to it. And it's 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 almost like a, its own little separate game where you dream up, say, a, a race of star foxes that are, say, <laughs> aristocratic and bickering that uh, that apparently grew up on an ocean world, as I once did with the compact of Demus Quill. And you can create all this the bullshit Star Empire as you desire. Yeah, so this was released in 2016, it looks like. Now yeah. it's, a, it's explained as a 4X-style um, game. What would you say uh, as far as length goes? If you were, I mean, is this kind of a civilization-type thing where you're playing... Uh, for quite a while on what you're doing, or is this a, uh, a sit down and be done in four or five hours? Oh, it's the game. I think like I mean a, a base game would be like three fourths of, of a Civ game, I'd, I'd say, but you can make it longer or shorter. It's also extremely malleable, 
So you, you can, that can also change the length. Um, from a consumer perspective, I would say if, you, if this is what's interesting and you wanted to try it out, I'd get the base game and then the Utopia expansion and then uh, add the other DLC and expansions to taste. But the, the Utopia expansions add so much. It added so much, in fact, that some of its content was added to the base game. That's how good it is. That sounds pretty odd. Now, these, of course, this is Paradox Interactive. Many of you may know their uh, game series, Crusader Kings, which has gained a lot of recent popularity. Um, there's rumor that they're, they just dumped like a ton of their projects to narrow their focus on what they called quote unquote game riches, which I think is really interesting. Sounds like a lot of studios are doing that, kind of really narrowing in on the things that hopefully this Stellaris, hopefully that's one of the projects that they're focusing in on. I also know that they're doing really well and they're considering acquisitions like everybody else in the industry right now. So um, pretty healthy company, I think, with uh, know, knows what, know what they're doing. You know, obviously have been releasing some really stellar uh, strategy games. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Jed Mandu, what have you been doing? How dare you? Uh, I have been mostly playing uh, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous again. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going back. You're doing to, a deep dive into that. It's really good. And uh, so I'm doing a second, I'm doing my second playthrough at this point. Um, and it's just, there's so many moving parts to that game. There's so many different ways the story can go that it's just really compelling to go back through and make different choices and, you know, see what impact that has on the story. Um, so like this, this latest playthrough, I've, I've basically chosen the quote unquote legend path, which is basically instead of accepting these mythic powers that these, you know, transdimensional beings have foisted upon you, you're just like, no, actually, fuck that. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to be like a really, really talented mortal. And uh, it's really interesting to see how uh, characters in the game react to that choice and and you know, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it 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 actually reaches some really cool kind of philosophical questions about, you know, fate and, you know, uh, having power foisted upon you versus having, you know, versus kind of building your own base of power. It's really cool. Um, and I have also been playing Cyberpunk again because... I just really like that game. I don't know. It's it's like a comfort game for me now. Um, very cool. Very cool. And Wrath of the Righteous is doing really well on Steam. I mean, it's considerably, Good. extremely positive, and uh, you know, for a game that was not released that long ago, um, and uh, it's doing really well. So it gets a lot Deserved. of positive reviews. So definitely, if people are into that, it's something they should dive into. Um, not Alcat Games is the developer. I don't know what else they've, they've done. They've only, yeah, as far as I know, the only other th- other thing that they've done has been Pathfinder Kingmaker. Right, um, right. Which is pretty good, but Wrath is just better in every regard, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I haven't I haven't tried that out, uh, Wrath. So I'll definitely jump into that for sure. Um, uh, Remoran, what have you been? What have you been up to? 
I haven't really played much games this month. I mean, I started Cyberpunk and I played maybe the first hour or two. And then um, for some reason, I got the itch to start binge watching uh, The Next Generation Star Trek. And that just snowballed into literally watching the entire series. In Yay. A month. Have you and gone through? You've seen awesome. the whole season. Oh, and the whole, everything. Okay, it give was, me your three favorite episodes. If you got to know the names oh, of them. <laughs> oh, I mean, so okay, Encounter at Farpoint, just because um, first one, uh, first Q, and first yeah. well, yes, first one, but first Q, and I, I love Q. Um, yesterday's Enterprise. Oh, amazing! Um, and Tasha oh, Yar comes Light. back. Oh, In, Inter- Inner Light. Yes, that that's a classic that everybody mentions just because of the. Oh yeah, just it's a amazing writing. That's just yeah. like one of the best episodes of television ever produced. I think. I oh, could yeah. I could go I could go on a whole thing. The one thing I I'll say too. though is I think, oh, it, funny enough, it got me super excited for Starfield, because I think one of the major themes in Star Trek and science fiction in general is human potential, and I think Starfield just that the music that comes up every time they show it, it just gives you the vibe of of like what c- could be. And I, man, it's I'm bummed that it was delayed, but I'm super excited to see it. Uh, yeah, I think the time. limit it's limitless the potential of something like that. And uh, and gosh, I can think yesterday's Enterprise was a huge one for me. Um, God, I liked Clues. I don't know if you remember that one where uh, Data, you know, Picard looks at Data and says, "Who gave you the order to?" And he says, "You did." And that, that was just a really cool episode. Oh yes. Um, Oh my God, there's so many of them that are so good. The one where they become kids. What's that one? I forgot the name of that one. But the Rascals. Yes. Oh, look, we got another fan here. Excellent. So <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with that that show. There's no question about it. I'm a Star Trek through and through. And haters, I don't like Star Wars. It's okay. It's like, um, but I mean, come on. I mean, talk about writing and development and world building. Star Trek has got it all. Hate mail, send it my way. Um, but yeah, I totally, I'm glad you, is that, is that, uh, is that the first time you've been through it? Yes, it's not my first Star Trek series, but it is the first time I was like, I'm going to sit down and everyone says Next Generation is the best. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start from episode one and watch the whole thing. And then I caught because I didn't watch Picard yet because I wanted to I wanted to get all the references. So I watched it and I I just finished season one of Picard. So, yeah, it was the first time I watched it. Next Generation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving the new one, uh, Strange New Worlds. Uh, I like the first oh, yeah. three episodes. Yeah, they've really gotten back, I think, to that formula of of encapsulating these really interesting stories, and and it's a lot less emo than uh, Discovery. So <laughs> I like serialized character arcs. Not, I mean, seri- serialized yes. shows are good, but the, but serialized character arcs are what star trek started as and i feel like that's it's strange new worlds really shows that yeah absolutely you can definitely have a continual story but it doesn't have to be i mean it just gets bogged down and uh anyway i won't go into it but i'll tell you what i've been (laughs) playing i've been doing um elder scrolls online again i'm still kind of into that because it's a quick fix me too actually oh really yeah Yeah, i play on the i play on the xbox do you Uh, do xbox Okay, well, yeah, we can't. They don't mingle, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I 
I'm in, I enjoy it because it's PvP. And I'm looking forward to High Isle, which is coming out um, pretty soon. I like the stories in it. I think they do a really good job. For there, I mean, there's some misses, obviously, but there's some hits too that are really good. And um, I'm just, I'm really just soloing it. I, I I've tried the group thing, Xbox, and this is probably not fair either, but tends to be a pretty immature audience. Uh, the ones that I've experienced. And uh, I think on PC, you'll find it's probably different. But um, yeah, it's just pretty much on the Xbox. It's just, you know, kill, kill, kill. Um, yeah. run, rush through the dungeon in five seconds and just annoying and no appreciation <laughs> for story. So I haven't really I haven't really found a guild or anything, but I'm I love crafting in it. Um, so I'm, I'm joining that one quite a bit. I have gone I'm kind of deep diving into um, Horizon uh, on the Xbox as well, um, Forza Horizon 5, and I'm, I'm loving that more now. At the beginning, I was a little hesitant because I was a big fan of 4, and I felt like 5, I don't know, at the beginning, it, it felt a little weird to me. But now that I've kind of jumped into it, I'm getting more comfortable. I'm enjoying the the... The adventure racing is what I guess you would call it. Um, but anyway, that that that's that's what we're all up to. Want to get into what we're talking about today, which really is about um, what's going to happen on June twelfth when uh, this big showcase comes. We, we've been waiting for God. What is this? We're now on year two of waiting since it was originally announced. Avowed. It was originally announced in twenty twenty, right? Oh God! I can yeah, feel it was at the showcase. Dust. Yeah, it was showcased in 2020, and that that's it. Other than their uh, their their incredible PR person, Jez Corden, coming out and explaining things in such eloquent <laughs> detail. Aside from that, we haven't really gotten anything. Um, and you know, I, I guess I could flip the switch and, and give them some credit because having a game that was so that hit the hit the ground running. I mean, everybody was just enamored with this game. And you hear podcasts and journalists, everybody's talking about this game. For a game that has that much attention and going for two years now and not really getting any other major leaks other than that dude um, is pretty incredible. <laughs> so I'll give them credit for that. I have to give them credit for that because I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like maybe they're doing okay there because I would think there would have been more leaks at this point. Um, more people seeing footage, more more people kind of, you know, on a drunken binge over the weekend who's a programmer and he kind of slips and says something. You know, you never know how that stuff gets out. But um, the showcase is June 12th. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. But before we jump into that, some news came out since our last podcast. And that, of course, is that Starfield has been delayed until 2023. Um, anybody surprised by that? What's your reaction? Nope. Not nope. at all surprised. Bye. I mean, it, it's it, it's shaping up to be such a big game that I'm honestly a little relieved that they're that they're taking a little more time with it. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, all of these release debacles that that keep happening, where a game just comes out and the, all you know every gaming media outlet just lights up like oh look how broken it is oh what? oh no look at all the glitches like it just gets exhausting after a while <laughs> so 
you know, fingers crossed, maybe Starfield will uh, buck that whole trend and actually be a functioning, complete game when it releases. Yeah, I mean, Prince <laughs> can dream. Parenthesis, what was your first reaction when you heard that? Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, these games uh, become uh, incredibly, incredibly complex and have so much content and need polish and programming, underlying it and the bug fixing uh, out the wazoo. That was it was to be expected. Yeah, I, I, my, I, same as you guys. Um, I think after, I think we've, you know, the two big names that are always mentioned and we've mentioned before, of course, was No Man's Sky, which overpromised and underdelivered, but also it was just a mess of a game. And then, um, of course, Cyberpunk, which both, I believe, in fairness, has cor- self-corrected. Um, obviously, No Man's Sky is self-corrected considerably um, by persistent users data i haven't looked i'm not looking right now but i know that they're that game what is like four years old i mean or whatever and it's still hugely popular and they're still releasing content for it um so kudos to that studio uh i think bethesda is known for releasing stuff that's buggy we all know that um every even the best games they've released have been buggy and maybe this is good but also i think there's a flip side to it and that by delaying yourself, you have almost set yourself up a little bit. Like, I think everybody expects Bethesda games to be buggy. So if they had released in the fall and it had been kind of a bit of a mess, but self-corrected a, a little bit over patches, that's which is kind of, honestly, that's happened to every game I can remember that they've released. Um, but now they've kind of set themselves up. People are like, all right. They put people put their hands up. They're like fans are like, all right, all right, all right. You go ahead. You, you take your next six months, but the thing better be damn good, right? Hope Don't so. you set yourself I mean, up? Well, yeah, because if you look at like something like worst case scenario, maybe Cyberpunk, where it was delayed, I think twice, and still released an absolute mess. Like, I really hope that that's not what happens with Starfield, and it, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, going off of Bethesda's track record, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Uh, but also, I mean, like, Bethesda likes to do this thing where they make a called shot, like, you know, with their yeah. release dates. You remember Skyrim releasing on 11.11.11, for instance? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, They do that shit all the time, and it's usually to their detriment uh, because, you know, then they get so married to this, like, you know, meme release date that that, uh, all... So do you think you know, here's a question for you. Out the window. Do you do yeah. you think that do you think that the so what's different between when that happened and what's happening now? The big difference is that Microsoft owns them. So do yeah. you think because we know who called the shot, right? It was Todd Howard. Mm-hmm. Do you think somebody stepped in and said, Todd, um, you could probably use a little more time. You know, we delayed Halo, so we can delay this. Yeah. I think that's probably exactly what went down. Um, you know, w- with different leadership comes different priorities. And, you know, if you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding, right? If if after Starfield comes out, we come back to this podcast and go, oh, God, what a mess that was. Then I'm going to look like an idiot. But it 
it makes sense to me. It, it, it's a it's a reasonable uh, series of events to think like, okay, Todd Howard was like, oh, we're gonna have this release date, and then someone uh, from Microsoft was like, hey, bud, maybe cool it a little bit and focus on actually making the game. Yeah, I I I'm excited for obviously like everybody else for what the opportunity holds. I think. You know, if you look back at some of maybe like some of the recent blunders, you could really deep dive and point to the fact that Todd Howard's his group was not really responsible for those necessarily big mistakes, especially when we're talking. Uh, what is it? Fallout 76 or isn't that what it's called? They had nothing to do with that. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's it's. Fair enough. And plus, you got to also take into account that this is really a passion project, I think, for them, because they were so entrenched in in the fantasy tropes with what they've done with uh, Elder Scrolls games that this is their chance. This is kind of them saying, we want to do something different. So I'm hoping that, that whenever you make that switch with people, there's like that that rush, you know, of, oh, we get to really do something cool and different and it's no longer just swords and dragons this is we can really like <laughs> the sky's the limit here you know we got planets and we can create our own universe and imagine how much dlc they can release now oh my god you know uh so this, i think this is a game that that will be well received is my prediction and i think it it's good that it was delayed i would prefer they would just delay it an entire year like they did with halo um, I wish they would just call their shot for fall 2023. None of this early 2023 bullshit, you know, just, just call it, man. I mean, and, and make the game that much better. Um, so th that's kind of what I thought. But now as we're looking ahead to the 12th, um, that does kind of change some things, I think. So what, I mean, you have an hour and a half, Right. And you have this Xbox game studio. Now, this was also interesting in, on the announcement and they still do this. And uh, I'm not it's probably a PR thing, but they call it the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase, which I think is kind of interesting. But hmm. name recognition, I guess, is why they still want to separate the two. Um, maybe well, some people they are thinking some people don't know that, that they're part of the same group. Maybe, but it might also be that they have a focus on, well, the, the company is formerly owned by, by Cinemax. I'm looking at the page here and there are a fair few. I mean, there's like, the, say, uh, It, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango, Gameworks. That, well, that's a, that's a also lot of the fact. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, there's also the fact that Bethesda had their own showcase before they got bought off by Microsoft, right? Mm. Like mm. they had their own, yeah, they had their own little Bethesda showcase. So I guess, I guess this is like the formal rolling in of both showcases into one, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I actually agree with what parenthesis said as well, because I understand that because the Zenimax has so many properties underneath it that that acquisition was bigger than anything. I actually think that's a hell of a lot bigger acquisition than Activision Blizzard. I mean, I don't. I still am not completely. I think the only thing about that one was Call of Duty. I just don't know why people trumpet that as the as the big one because there's so many better properties under the Zenimax agreement um, and more promise for the console and for games than you would find with Activision Blizzard. I mean, come on, really? I mean, World of Warcraft is 
as dying and uh you know you you have a, a studio that's in crisis it's just a it's just a, a mess so anyway I, I i guess we'll have to see but here's the first question what is your prediction let's focus on avowed first that's what we're about so what do you think and this is going to be your shot I want you to really dig in here and tell me exactly what you think is going to happen because after the 12th, we'll go back and we'll kind of look and see who got it right and who got it wrong. Um, and uh, we'll be able to see, you know, I want details. Like, what what are you specifically thinking? And I'm going to go one by one. And I'll, I'll start with parenthesis first. I want you to kind of tell me, parenthesis, what is your thought? What are we going to actually see related to Avowed? I, I have a feeling, and I might very well be wrong, but I have a feeling we will, we will actually see see scripted gameplay we will we will we will hear details what is this game about what is perhaps the overarching uh, story you are the whatever title who who is part of the whatever organization doing something about the who knows problem thing uh, and here is a here, here is a video presentation of it and then we'll, we'll see them go around interacting and seeing them and then we, we'll stop at a very dramatic moment that 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 is my idea of it. They, they, I have a hard time imagining they won't release something concrete now. This is getting embarrassing. So, where at what point, though? Parenthesis. Uh, do you think this is going to be muddled in the middle? Do you think this is going to be their the first thing they start out with, or do you think that avowed is going to be the coup d'etat is it going to be the the very last thing oh we have one more thing where do you think it's going to come up in the show i think it's going to be in the late middle i mean i love obsidian but but let's be frank when there is uh, bethesda when it's the microsoft bethesda showcase it's it's not going to be obsidian's turn to shine they're not going to beat the crown and the jewel i I just can't imagine it Fair enough. Um, Rimaran, let me get your prediction. Let's hear, let's hear what you have to say. You're uh, Nostradamus uh, Plus. Tell us what's going to happen. Similar to parenthesis, I'm thinking they do a vertical slice, uh, gameplay showing their unique systems. Uh, and I feel like they, they have to do something in, in within the gameplay to show this isn't, you know, your average Bethesda game something that makes it unique because the elephant in the room there is Starfield. They're going to show Starfield as a first person mega RPG. And we know that no matter how much more money Obsidian gets for this game, it's going to be smaller than Starfield. It's going to be smaller than, than uh, a big Elder Scrolls game. So I feel like if they do a gameplay vertical slice, they're going to show unique aspects that what makes this either a an Obsidian game or B not just a Bethesda cl- game clone. That's okay, fair enough. And what what are, what same question to you? Like, where do you think this comes in the show? The beginning, middle, end? I don't. I don't think it is because of Starfield. I don't think it's going to be an opener or a closer. Definitely somewhere in the middle, uh, but definitely somewhere because this this is talked about or predicted or more than your average, I think, uh, Microsoft uh, game. 
So I think it's going to be big, but I don't think because of Starfield, I mean, the Xbox logo on the, the showcase logo is stars in the background, you know, so we know right. Starfield <laughs> is their big showcase thing, you know, so I, I feel like in the middle, in a prominent spot, but not the prominent spot. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Jed Mandu, it's your, your chance to shine here. You can you can tread a different path than these last two, oh. or you can just say ditto if you want. Okay, well, so the question basically is, what do I think we're going to see from a valid, right? Yes. Okay. I'm thinking straight up gameplay trailer. I, I'm thinking like, I, I know we haven't had much beyond a teaser, but... It has been, as we mentioned, literal years since we had that teaser. <laughs> and, you know, Obsidian is a very adept dev house, I think. Um, if we don't see gameplay, then I'll be very surprised. Um, and, of course, you know... Barring that, we're probably at least going to get a story trailer, right? Please, I really want a story trailer. I just <laughs> there's so much, there's so much innuendo, there's so much like, oh my god, yeah. man, we've picked, we've picked that teaser trailer yeah, apart. We, to oh death. my god, yes, give us something, something, yeah. Oh my god, I totally <laughs> like, agree. I will be, I'll be satisfied at this point with pretty much anything. Which you know what? Now that I think about it, maybe that's the strat. Maybe that's the marketing strategy. I'm sure strategy. it's the strat. Oh, God, it's the strategy. <laughs> Obviously, it's very blatant that's the strategy. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of other things behind the scenes that could be because of the delay. But, you know, it's. I think it's definitely the strategy. Okay, I, I get that. So, you're saying story trailer and then pair that with maybe some uh, footage from gameplay is what you're kind of thinking. That's what I'm hoping yes if if not then you know at least some details about what gameplay is going to look like what the core systems are going to be you know something to something to get us excited about jumping back into aora um, very good very good yeah I, I have a prediction that's different from all of you so uh, i oh hope boy. let me tell you about my prediction i hope i'm wrong i hope to god i'm wrong but i have a prediction all right and I have reasons for that, which I'll explain. My prediction is we get a short trailer and a release window, not a date, but a window. And then, of course, I believe that window, as I've been saying, is going to be the fall of next year, fall 2023. I think that's the earliest we would ever see this game. Um, so it's possible it could be later, but I think we'll get a release window. I think we'll get a short trailer for it. And I don't think it'll be at the beginning of the show. And I don't think it'll be at the end of the show. Like many of you have said, um, I think it'll be probably 75% through the show. Maybe I think uh, there's a lot of other business they're going to want to get rid of at the beginning. Yeah. They're going to want to start strong with something, which is why I think Starfield will open the show. Um, I think that they'll do two things with Starfield. They will open the show with possibly a new trailer. And then at the end of that, um, they'll come on and say, and you'll hear more from Bethesda Game Studios later in this this program because they want to keep you watching, right? So they'll give you a little bit of food at the beginning saying this is what your delicacy is going to be. And then I think Starfield will will wrap it up. It won't be the uh, the big 
burst at the end where they say, oh, and one more thing. I think I know what that is, and I'll tell you later. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I think Starfield is the spotlight. I do not think Avowed is going to get any gameplay other than what you might see in a trailer. Is it going to be a story trailer? Yeah, I think it's a story game. I think they're a story studio. I think it's going to be a story trailer. I think we'll, we'll get a, a glimpse, a very small glimpse. But I do not think this is going to be sitting down with devs. I do not think there'll be any interviews. I do not think there'll be any... Um, I don't think there'll be a slice. I don't think there'll be a... Uh, you know, a, a, let's watch what happens when he goes through. And and I just really don't have confidence that that's going to happen. Number one, we it's a year and a half away from release. Your, your big daddies, there's a couple other big daddies that are going to take the stage. Uh, and I'm not even talking about Starfield. Um, so, you know, the, I think, I don't know which one of you said it, but because this is an Xbox showcase, there's just so much. They're, they have so much going on right now. It's been such a quiet year for them, so they have so much to they have so much to sell to the mass audience. And as much as we would like about to be a mass audience appeal project, or maybe we don't, I don't think it fits in there. So that's my prediction. We will see on. The 12th, what actually happens and what we get from about, I do think we'll get something. I don't think they can afford to. Uh, I've read some journalists and heard some podcasts where some people have said they won't say anything about Avowed uh, because of uh, the recent switch in engines and because of a couple of key people leaving um, and having to replace them, especially some with the narrative aspects of the game, that, that I don't think that they're going to want to ride the hype up. I mean, look at the past two years. I think they're going to try to see how much longer they can go before they do that um so that's that's my view um anybody have any other thoughts of what we might see at this showcase other than avowed um or things that you want to see talked about other than avowed and starfield which are the two elder scrolls six okay that's interesting you say that because there's a couple of people online who have said they believe that will be the end of the show and it will be the oh and one more thing oh that would make sense yeah yeah that would make perfect sense um, well and here, here's the reason why because they had the you know they've they they've just announced the delay of starfield um so you know that that has an effect on everything else it has an effect yeah. on uh the release date of elder scrolls i mean there's no question about it i do think it has an effect on the release of avowed as well but you know it has an effect on a lot of things what would you think we would see about that? Um, honestly, at this point, probably no more than a, an actual teaser trailer, like something with a little content, right. maybe a subtitle, you know, because yeah, what is it? Hammer, hammer? Yeah. Where is it they're saying it's happening at? There's oh, speculation. Oh, uh, Scuttlebutt is like Hammerfell, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be neat. But also, I don't know. I, the Elder Scrolls, you know, you've played ESO, it, like... The, the actual setting is fucking fascinating. There's so much weird shit going on all over Tamriel. And it's we've kind of been robbed in a lot of ways uh, for the past couple decades in terms of like setting diversity. Morrowind was great. Uh, probably the best fucking uh, the best example of how weird 
the Elder Scrolls universe can get. But then we go to Oblivion and it's just like, oh, you're in a forest. Then there's wolves. Oh, no. And then you go to hell. Cool. All right. And then Skyrim where it's just like, oh, you're in Norway. Cool. All right. Um, And meanwhile, you have fucking... Valenwood, where all of the cities are like mobile trees that just walk yes. all over the place. You have a so cool. black That'd marsh be... where, yeah, where fast travel is conducted by like being eaten by a giant lizard or something. Like, there's so much weird shit in the Elder Scrolls universe. I hope that they really lean into that. Yeah, I think they they definitely. I think the whole ESO effect, Elder Scroll Online effect. I think that. I mean, obviously, there's a reason that in ESO, all of the releases have avoided a specific region, which I think is what yeah. is leading people to the speculation of what region they're going to talk about in the next game. But they have kind of shot themselves in the foot, haven't they, a little bit? The game is really good. Um, if you're just a Skyrim fan and you're just kind of looking for more Skyrim, um, mm-hmm. ESO is going to is going to wet your palate. That's going <clears> to <throat> that's going to take care of you for a little bit, um, especially because plus, you can explore Skyrim in the past. Yeah, and you've cool. gone. Yeah, you can go to um, Solitude and uh, and Markarth. Markarth. And yeah, yeah, and eventually, yeah, eventually they'll release more of that. But I think you, you know, they've fleshed out so much in that game that it makes it even harder for them. So I think it's going to be more of a a deep dive into a region, like really every building you can walk into. You know, it's going to be one of those kind of things where it's uh, kind of like what they were trying to do with Cyberpunk, where Every location can be explored, literally. Um, so I, that's probably what they're going for. Remoran, what do you think we'll see at the uh, Xbox showcase other than what we've talked about? Uh, I I hope we, I actually hope we don't see all the scrolls. And I think because despite the differences in in, in Avowed and, and Elder Scrolls, it's still fantasy first-person RPG, and I feel like it would take away from Avowed if we saw Elder Scrolls. Plus, it's probably, like, because of the, the delay, like, six years away. So, I mean, it, it's almost yeah. not even necessary to to, to see that. I, I would rather see... Um, I would rather see the rumored uh, Pentiment game, the Josh Sawyer game. I, I think call. that would oh, be yeah. really cool. Something that's that's uh, uh, more akin to um, uh, Pillars of Eternity, or at least you know, CRPG like. Or I, I I heard that there was a rumored 4X game that's supposed to be like airships or something like that. Um, I don't remember who was developing it, um, but I did read that there was a rumored Xbox exclusive 4X game. Um, okay, something like yep. that. Smaller stuff that that that's closer to release. I mean, I feel like the type of game Pentiment is, they could say, oh, it's releasing at the end of the year. And finally, for me at least, I'd be happy. I mean, I, I don't need a huge release. I just need a game that I can sink my teeth into, you know, 80 hours, something like that. Um, and I think Pentiment would fill that gap for me at least. Well, and it's unique. It's different than probably everything else, um, and it will be. So I, I think that, that that is a way to show studio diversity. So... Yeah, I think that would be a, a good call. I didn't even think of that one. Um, parenthesis, is there anything you're looking for or anything that we haven't talked about that you think we might see that is of interest? Well, personally, I'd, I'd like to see some uh, news on Outer Worlds 2 
even if it's just a, a different uh, pre-rendered trailer for it. And, and, I, and a new Wolfenstein game wouldn't go amiss. I know a lot of people didn't like the last one. I, I didn't even bother buying it. Uh, but uh, I, I could do with some more Wolfenstein. I think Wolfenstein 2 was pretty popular, wasn't it? I mean, the new Colossus I, sold really no, well. It's, it's it's the one set in Paris. It's the... Uh, oh, oh. Is it Youngblood? Yeah. yeah young I haven't Blood. played that. that. Terrible. Is yeah. it really? Don't. Don't don't play it. It's on Game Pass. If you want to wait, if, if is you that, what is that in this? Is that part of the two branch off? Is it a DLC? What is it? It's it. It feels almost like it was a DLC that they were like, we can make a whole game out of this, which is untrue. I mean, like play it. It's oh, no. terrible. <laughs> I don't it's, know. A, it's it's supposed it, to be a two player. Yeah, go ahead. No, it, yeah, it's it's a co op two player uh, Wolfenstein where you play as uh, as BJ's uh, twins. Uh, that, that it, it's set in, the, in further along in the future, so now they're teenagers. You don't play as infants. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, and, 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 Interesting. And you go around and and, uh, and defeat the Nazis in Paris. I guess I haven't played it. I, I think but, Wolfenstein Three is definitely a possibility. I agree with you there. I hadn't thought of that one. Wolfenstein now, Babies. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good, it's just a franchise that has, I mean, other than the one you mentioned, has has really kind of rediscovered itself, you know, and it is pretty popular. So I think that that's a definite one. I'm going to give uh, my thoughts on kind of what I think is going to be seen. I think that um, I think that the thing will start off with Starfield, uh, you know, like a, another kind of teaser trailer because that last one wasn't really a te- I guess it was a teaser, but like a trailer. I think they will stop at that and then I think they'll jump into about um, five minutes Game Pass talk. I think they'll say, and just a reminder, this is coming on Game Pass free day one like so many other things and I think they're going to announce a new family plan for Game Pass. I think that's going to take up about five, ten minutes of it. Uh, there's been rumors about this, the fact that you can pay a little bit more and you can have up to, I think the rumor was five or six on it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But I think that's going to take up a little bit of it. Um, I also predict that um, I think that because it's been such a slow year and because they're they're there's no question that Xbox won, Microsoft won last year. They, they won. They destroyed yeah. Sony. There's no question this year that Sony is going to destroy uh, as far as games uh, Xbox I mean you have God of War so. you have are you kidding God of War you have uh, uh, Horizon Horizon already Zero. came out yeah yeah and you I mean it's going to just yeah. trounce them I mean they look they've already delayed their two biggies uh, Redfall and uh, Starfield not in this year I think I they'll win they next year okay, yeah did, yeah, yeah. So I think next year is their years, but I think that because of that pressure, my point is I think that we will hear some pretty pretty incredible Game Pass news. And here's my what some rumors have been. I've been doing some research and what some journalists have said and on podcasts some people have said that there is possibility that these games might be a day one release on Game Pass. Um, Saints Row, the new Saints Row was, was uh, considered a possibility for Game Pass. Oh, yeah. Mm. Gotham Knights, they're saying, is going to be announced as a Game Pass Day One. Uh, Sonic Frontiers, uh, if anybody's into that one, kind of the open world Sonic. 
um, Hogwarts Legacy, which would kill if that was on Game Pass day one. Because of their relationship with WB and because there was speculation they were going to buy WB games anyway, um, I think Hogwarts and Legacy and Gotham Knights are definitely a possibility for day one. I think they would kill if they got Hogwarts Legacy. Whether or not you're interested in the game at all or our audience is, you cannot deny the power of that title. I mean, it, oh, it, it's it's going to kill that one for sure. Um, in Suicide Squad, the new uh, Kill the Justice League, there's some rumors that that might be a day one game pass. So I think they're trying to end the year strong by either creating a relationship with these studios. They can't they cannot announce a new acquisition. There's no question they're in the middle of this chaos right now, just trying to solidify what's happening with Activision Blizzard and. Yeah. There's no way that the they're going to do that because of what would happen legally and because it would bring more pressure on that acquisition as well, saying, oh, you're going to go buy Sega? Well, yeah, okay, so you're just going to take over the world. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, so I, I think that we'll hear some of that. I mean, I think that the big reveal at the end, this would be just my guess, is I don't think it'll be Elder Scrolls Six. Um, I hope we see something about it, but my guess is that the big oh and one more thing is going to be Gears of War 6. There'll be a teaser trailer at the very end, um, unless they're going to reveal more about that because we really haven't heard that much about it so far. And, and because of the the type of game it is and the audience that it uh, draws, I think that's going to be a big one. Um, I kind of gave I up on Gears of War ever since Fortnite came out personally. <laughs> interesting and it is a new world isn't it it's like a new it's that's what i was talking about in the other podcast about the maturity of gaming i think that the landscape has changed so much since i mean gears of gears of war 5 was okay but yeah um but it wasn't great like yeah yeah the, the the priorities lie elsewhere uh because when you have a machine that prints money most of your resources are going to go towards taking care of the machine. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of that's kind of how I see it. Oh, um, one one last thing, real fast before we move on. One, uh, have you guys heard or seen anything about this game, Contraband? Oh heck yeah! I'm a yeah. huge yeah. fan of Avalanche Studios. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. just awesome. Just awesome. Cause awesome. is one of my favorite games ever. Yeah. Yes. And the, oh man, everything about this game just speaks to me on like a deep level. Just there's no question we'll see footage from that. I think that's a definite, uh, definite, there's no question. I mean, they announced it at the last one. So I think we'll see a trailer at this one for sure. And I, and they're, they're a solid studio. Like they're, they're, they, they're not, they're not lazy. So they're probably pretty far along. I just wanted to co-op crimes with my buddies. Isn't it like supposed to be. Um, did I hear this right? 1980s Malaysia or something like that. I don't know I much that's about what I read. it. I really that would I be also cool. Don't really know much but about co-op, kind of like open world. I I, I think it's yeah. I think it'd be a good bet because it, it we haven't we always saw was a CG trailer, and and I've read that that rumors that it's been far along for something like that. So I, I think we're we're gonna see gameplay for that. Now there's another All I know big is it looks name. Like a really good time. Yeah, there's another big name we haven't mentioned, um, and I'm curious your guys' thought on this. And some people are saying we're going to see a full trailer for Fable. Oh man, hmm. I would love I that. I Fable is, I think, one of the. It was one of the first 
like RPGs, Western style RPGs that I really sunk my teeth into and loved. So that would be amazing. I don't know. I mean, it has been in development for a really long time, but it would be so amazing to actually see gameplay for that. Well, and that's another solid studio. I mean, that they're, they're, you know, they're a solid uh, playground. They're solid studios. So they, they don't mess around. And I think that this is another instance of somebody getting to do something different than what they've done in the past. So I think they're probably pretty passionate about it. There's also a rumor. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but it's a pretty it's been batted around quite a bit. So I'm sure it's going to happen is that. Microsoft, like they did with the Halo series where they did the Halo Master Chief collection, there's a rumor that they're going to do a Fable remastered collection to kind of wet everybody's palate before they actually release the Fable game. I was going to say that I read that they were going to do a Marcus Phoenix collection, a Gears collection, uh, or at least a rumor that that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, Gears with Gears 6 on the horizon and how well they did with Master Chief. I mean, that. On PC alone, that was such a huge seller for them um, and obviously a big attraction for Game Pass. So I do think that... that Gears is also one of those games, for me at least, that I've played every Gears game. Um, I finished the co-op of Gears of War 3, I believe, with my wife when it came out like a million years ago. And I enjoy the game for the story. I always like the story of them. They're short. They're like easily digestible. So for me, uh, I think it would be cool to be able to go back and redo a, a bunch of those. And if they do it like Master Chief Collection, where um, it's all 4K and they update graphics and stuff, I think that would be really cool if they do it right. Yeah. I uh, Parenthesis, are you a Fable fan? Did you play Fable? Did you like it? I played some of, uh, what was it? Fable 2, I think. They're, they're fine, they're, but they are the usual victim of Peter Molyneux's big mouth. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Lack of control, promising everything and delivering something within the realm of possibility. Uh, poor guy. Yeah, he's a Fable, mess, isn't he? Fable is one of those game series, and I don't know if you guys agree, but Fable is Fable gets worse each each game. You know, Fable oh, yeah. One was, was, well, was okay. very yeah, promising. Yeah. Well, Fable Two, two was, I. Well, two is very good. I, I, in fact, I would argue that two hmm. is one of my favorites. Um, but like, there were there were things about it that that to me felt a little like okay, it 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 lowered like what the promise of the first one was. But it did some really cool things. Like I think they did the the one button thing where you do one button for every for for each type of thing that you do. Like you shoot with Y, you magic with B, and you you att- right. melee with X, something like that. It was really weird and then fable 3 i mean i i didn't even finish fable 3 that's how terrible it was and i, I love like, Fable. yeah i feel like every fable game gets less and less complete as you go yeah <laughs> like that like they had some really cool ideas you can tell the ideas are leveling up but the their ability to actually see them through to the final product gets lower and lower and lower to the point where yeah. in Fable Three, like there, you, it's just glaringly obvious all the shit that's been left on the cutting room floor. Well, and it's still surprising to think of who you know Fable Three. That was Lionhead of all people, mm-hmm. um, who you know I, I, you would not. I just didn't expect them to uh, drop the ball like that on Fable Three, but uh, maybe there was some external pressure or something that we don't know about. Um, 
I do want to move along, though. And I, I'm, before we move, I just want to, for our listeners, I did do some research. Here are some other things that we might hear in the showcase if you're interested. Uh, this is me just reading through a bunch of uh, journalist postings and listening to some podcasts. Um, some of these are pretty interesting. Uh, I'll only mention the ones we haven't mentioned so far. But obviously, Forza Horizon has a DLC pack coming out. We expect to probably see a, a piece of the collection, a piece of the time devoted to Forza Horizon because of how popular it is. It winning Game of the Year for IGN and it just being a, a prominent title on their on their Game Pass offering. Um, Forza Motorsport on the same lines. I expect, you know, after PlayStation is released their big racing game this year. I think that there's some pressure for competitive racing, and that would be Forza Motorsport. I think we'll get more details on that. Scorn, if anybody's heard of the horror game Scorn, um, that's supposed to come out this Halloween-ish, uh, October, November, this fall. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's something they've been pressing and, and advertising over time. Um, so I think that'll also probably see some information. You have the Callisto Protocol, which is the follow-up to Dead Space. Um, we'll probably see gameplay and maybe even get a date on that one um, because I know that there was already, already some stuff online that, uh, that had leaked on, on that one. So we do a little bit more about that than we did before. Um, we probably will see the Indiana Jones game. Um, that is supposed to be coming out soon and it's a property they invested in. So machine games will probably show off something, a potential trailer. I imagine is probably all we'll see of that. There's a lot of rumors swirling about what rare might do. Um, you know, Everwild kind of got pushed to the back and people were like, okay, what's going on with that one? So I'm imagining that will probably come out and, and Everwild does to me look interesting. So I think they'll probably jump on that a little bit. But there's also rumors that Rare has been working on a lot of remasters. And uh, if anybody's a Banjo-Kazooie fan, we might even see some yeah. of that uh, in the release. Um, id Software, they've been quiet, but there's been rumors of a new Quake game or even a remaster and maybe a potential sequel to Doom Eternal. Who knows? But they, they, they're part of the studio, so they'll have something to say. A Plague Tale Requiem, we'll, we'll get more from that. And then, of course, this is a huge one for, for Xbox, and that's Hellblade 2. Senua's Saga is going to be prominent. And, and as we're going through this list, I'm thinking they only have 90 minutes. I mean, holy crap, look at all this stuff. I mean, you've got, they have this new family push that they're trying to do. They have the game called Party Animals, which is like a multiplayer physics brawler, kind of like Smash Brothers. Um, I'm sure they'll push that because they want to show that they're diversified as a studio. Hell, we might even see the new Mass Effect teaser. Um, who knows? Um, Outer's World 2 is was mentioned by Parenthesis. There's a very good chance that we'll see more about that one because I would just a guess. My guess is that Outer's Worlds 2 will be a quicker development time than Avowed. I don't think it's a, still considered a AAA game. So that we'll, we may even see that before Avowed comes out. So Perfect Dark, that's in the background. They've got to talk about Perfect Dark after all the chaos that just happened with um, the initiative. Is that the studio, I think, that they created? Yep. You know, everybody quitting. I mean, like, what was it? Like 50% of the people just quit um, because uh, it was just atrocious leadership. And so it's a mess, but they got to address that. They can't just sweep it under the carpet. Um, 
I mean, when you're thinking about all of these, pro- that's the problem with buying all these studios, right? How can you have a 90 minute showcase? I mean, you've got so much to talk about. It's going to be tough for them to hit everything, which is why I think we'll at most we'll see 15 minutes on Starfield. Um, we'll probably get the trailer at the beginning and maybe some stuff near the end. Um, but I don't really think it's going to take up as much as people think it will. There's no way it'll go over 15 minutes because they have so much to talk about. I mean, think about it. It's crazy. Um, so anyway, that's what uh, my research yielded. We do have some listener emails uh, before we stop today. And because we've gotten so many and I appreciate you guys writing in and sending stuff to us, uh, we, we just keep getting flooded. Um, so I picked out four or five and we'll just answer these quickly. Um, I tried to find ones that we haven't answered before. I know some of you are new listeners and you've sent in some uh, some questions and they're great questions. I just encourage you to go back and look and listen to some of our Look at some of the titles of some of our uh, previous broadcasts. We probably addressed some of what you were talking about there. But here's one. Um, Will Smash 87 uh, sent an email and asked, do you think Avowed should allow manual saves? I say, no, I wish games would lock out manual spam saving and use an intelligent save system that could have a save shortly before death if that happens, but prevents going back any further. That's a that's a unique comment. That's pretty ballsy. Well, I yeah. I'm not sure about that particularly because that's how you get into a death loop kind of thing. You you guys have probably also had this before. You ever play a video game and like quick save during a moment where you're like panicking a little bit and you like die a second afterwards and then every time you load that save you just die the same way over and over oh, and yes. over again everybody's yeah. had that yes so that was that fun piece, thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah fun is a great word for it um well so, you could i think by the let's give let's give will some credit here he says an intelligent save system so i assume by by that statement that what he's saying is that it, it would be smart enough to not save you, you in that particular moment but it, That's I fair. get what he's saying. I get what he's saying is that he doesn't want spam saving. It devalues the game. Um, and he wants to have an atmosphere where I guess at the least he could turn it off for himself, where he feels like this is a, not necessarily roguelike, but um, pushes you, makes every decision you make and every choice you make that much more uh, powerful. I I think that that's you know say what you will about you know uh, the negatives or the positives about it. I think save scumming is actually like a big part of CRPGs. Uh, they, it, it just is at this point. <laughs> it always has so, been. So I yeah I feel mm-hmm. like if you're gonna make such a big change, I think it should be regulated to something like a like a Iron Man mode or, or a mode w- in which like it is like the hardcore mode. If that makes sense, like you only keep one save, yeah. you can't do the saves coming thing. It, it almost like survival mode in Skyrim, where where the the game it, it's such a big change that it changes fundamentally like what the game is. So I feel like if you're gonna do it, you know, it has to be something a special mode. To me, it comes yeah, down well, to pillars has always had that, right? Sorry, something like that. Yeah. I mean, if if uh, it's an interesting question, but I think it's kind of misses what at least I see the uh, about should be. I mean, 
about is should be a, a role-playing game that admittedly is different than the, the, the top-down Pillars of Eternity games, but should still be near that kind of game in its expression. This is not a... I don't feel it should be a game about skill. It should not be a a Dead Souls alike where you you survive by the skin of your teeth. I would like this to be a game where I can explore, where I can experiment, where I can experience the game. And while I do understand that some people enjoy the, the, the rush and of adrenaline and the knowledge that you can only go forwards and not back, I don't think this is the kind of game that should be like that. So while I would fully support a, a Iron Man mode where you have one save and, and the old one is uh, all written when you quit, I don't think this is the game for it. I would agree. I think I think I think it doesn't fit the audience either. I think it doesn't fit the goal of the, the it's this is a triple A title. And with triple A also comes some consequences. That means you need to sell it. So you need to have a big audience and you can't have a big audience. Oh, now, wait a second. Now, I'm just now thinking through what I just said. And I think it's all bullshit because look at Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring. Yeah, well, yeah. Just, any Souls game, really. I mean, they sell, it has sold like ridiculous. It's going to win game of the year. There's no question. I mean, it's. Oh, it's got to. It's 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 enormous. It's but it's it's unforgivable, and it's just showing that there's an appetite in the mass market for that kind of thing, right? I don't know. Will might have a point. Well, I, I I agree with parenthesis, but might have a point. The thing is, Souls games are pr- pretty light on like RPG conventions. I'd say they're I, they're, they're definitely more of an action game uh, whereas in a like really story driven rpg like i'm imagining avowed will probably be i feel like saves coming actually adds a, some depth to things somewhat because like you can you can see how your choices affect the world and then go back and see how a different choice would affect things and and like some people might say oh that's cheap like you know whatever that's that's you know not immersive and there's that's definitely an argument we can have for sure but in the end a game is a game and to me this is subjective but the the part of the fun is kind of poking and prodding at it and seeing like Okay, how does the machine react to to this decision versus this decision versus this one? Yeah, I think I and, think I would look at it as a bookmark. You know, you're reading a, yeah. a good book and you're you're just marking a spot, or even like a choose your own adventure book where you you know there's a critical choice and you're like, oh, I want to see what happens if I choose this, but I want to be able to go back and shoot, make the other choice. So yeah, I like being able to peek behind the curtain every now and then, you know. Yeah, I, I I just I'm sorry, Will. I just don't think it's going to happen because of the type of game. Now, um, could be wrong with like we said. There's definitely ripple effects with uh, these roguelikes that are coming out. Uh, we have another one. This is Ramsey's So Hot. I like the name. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but this is another interesting one. I don't know if we've addressed this one yet. I don't think we have. That's why I put it in here. 
Um, this one says, will Avowed allow you to take over companions and party member members like we were able to do in the Dragon Age franchise? So basically, if you're not familiar with Dragon Age, what happened was um, you, you take on, you start the game solo, but you take on new people as you progress, and then you develop a party, but allows you basically to really make one of the other characters your primary character for the rest of the game. So you, you start with this character, but you, you maybe you really like the bald sorcerer guy. So you're like, I'm just going to play him the rest and let the others be on autopilot. I think that's what Ramses is asking. What do you guys think of that? I don't think that's going to happen. Personally, I, I think, well, yeah, I think that, that the reason why, and I could be wrong about this, but I think the reason why Dragon Age did that is because it's, it almost, at least the first Dragon Age, was was like, let's do CRPG except full kind of 3D. Like, if you play the, the replay the, the original Dragon Age um, Origins, yeah. it is very much a CRPG, very much like Baldur's Gate, very much, or very similar to a lot of those games. And in those games, you can control um, other party members, like fully control them. And uh, in Pillars, you can too. I mean, you can't, like, um, you can't really make those the same decisions that you can make. But you can essentially play the whole game as as one of those adventures that you create in an inn. And I feel like this game is going to be more akin to to the Skyrims, the Outer Worlds, the first-person RPGs where your companions are there and they may be an important part, especially in an Obsidian game. But I, I don't think you're going to be able to control them. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be more like a Mass Effect kind of situation right. where like you can direct them but not control them and i think that's probably the way to go if we're if we're doing the first person action rpg kind of thing oh uh, and if they're going down the path of the chosen one like i think they probably will unfortunately but they're going down probably. the path of the chosen one if you're going to do that you know like the 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 watcher and you know if you're going to do something like that you kind of have to be locked in parenthesis do you want to be able to play your companions instead of your main character well um I have to say, I wouldn't mind it, but I don't see it happening. I think that Deadman do is right. It'll be more like Mass Effect, where you can issue orders and then they will, and from a limited selection, and then they'll try to execute. And otherwise, the NPCs, party NPCs, are just going to run on auto command. Okay. Uh, this, oh my God, I love this. This was a, actually not a question, but this was sent in from Bravo D3. I don't know if D3, Diablo 3, I don't know what the D3 is, but Bravo D3 sent in this comment and it, uh, it again, made me stop and think, kudos to you, Bravo D3, because <laughs> um, I don't know. I might actually agree with you, dude. So it's a statement. So here he goes. Um, I hate the spell hand animation at the end of the trailer, and I hope this is not what you do every damn time you cast a spell. I will stab Wait. myself in the eye. <laughs> let me. Okay, first off, don't stab. We don't condone stabbing yourself in the eye, so don't do that. But anybody no. have any thoughts on that? I'm going back to watch I mean, it real fast. Hang on. I mean, it's kind of annoying if you if you really think about it in that context. Yeah. The first time you see it, it's really cool. But if you're doing that, every, like he says, every damn time you cast a spell, you have to etch something in the air. I think if it replaces cast time, great. If if the cast time is equal to the animation yeah. time, great. But I do think that like 
the 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 same animation that they used in Skyrim for all the spells and for all the double spells gets super annoying. Um, yes. Having having seen it a, a gazillion times, but if they have different animations for each spell and the animations are the cast time, then I think it would be fine. But so you have different cast time, right? Yeah, you have well, some yeah. that are in you, instant you cast. What do you do? Just throw um, your hand up real fast? Oh, okay, I'm going to write a J real just, fast. You just draw simpler glyphs. Uh, di- exactly. That's what I'm saying. Different animations for different spells is what I'm thinking. Here's, hmm. here's my take. I think that... So in the trailer, what you see is you're dr- you draw your sword and you hold that up and then you draw your little glyph in the air and then you just kind of like hold your hand up and it's like crackling with magic. So I don't think that that's actually the animation that you get when you cast the spell. I think that's the animation you get when you sort of prepare the spell for casting. That's like akin to drawing a sword, right? Interesting. That's, so like, that that's would be like, exce- that wouldn't be so annoying, right? And I, yeah. and I agree with what Rimuran said. I mean, in Skyrim, it gets really like. I mean, at the beginning, it's fine, but you play a hundred hours, you're like, okay, I'm done. Can I flip this off? You know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Parenthesis. Do you want to see them writing little letters in the air every time you have to cast? Uh, I would like an animation. It doesn't have to be that elaborate, and it can be a bit faster. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. But I mean, you're, you're casting a spell. It's you're doing something extraordinary. I mean, if I can handle watching uh, Shooter Dude uh, Macbuff reload his gun for the fifteenth <laughs> billionth time, I can I can handle a a sudden spell animation. Good point. Very good point. I agree with that. That's hilarious. I mean, but I agree with that. These, even even if it is a uh, draw the thing every time you cast the spell, those those animations always fade kind of into the the cognitive background after a few hours of play. In my in my experience, at least. Yeah, um, another one. We have another one here. We only have two more. I'm going to talk about. This is Izzy Shadow wrote in and had an interesting opinion. Um, and said, this is another one that's not a question, but says, I do not want Avowed to be moddable. Let me explain. I want a pure experience that forces everyone to play the story as intended by developers. Please do not make it moddable like Bethesda games. That was the but point they made. If you want I think that's experience, silly. just don't mod it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's, it's one of those like, <laughs> It's one of those, and I'm going back to to the beginning of me saying that I watch Star Trek. It's one of those things where people are like, I don't like uh, the new Discovery. It ruins Next Generation. No, it doesn't. It, I don't like modding. It ruins the original. No, it doesn't. You can just play the original game. No problem. It, the, you can ignore it, ignore completely. I, I, here's here's a, a secret. I don't mod any Bethesda games. I play it pure, and I love it. And uh, oh, wow. any any mods that I put it's way after i beat the game and i honestly prefer usually the the vanilla experience interesting yeah i think i think did you have a thought on that parenthesis i mean i feel that i don't feel that 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 we i understand to to a certain extent i understand that people would like to be able to converse with other players and have a, a solid understanding of what is in the actual game and what is not what's been added by some strange mod that may have actually caused system conflicts. I understand that. We have, we have a living playing field, but in general, I'm against uh, players being pol- policing what other people, how other people play their games and how they 
choose to enjoy them. These are pieces pieces of, of entertainment. And while some of them may theoretically be elevated to art, I still don't think we should police how people enjoy art. I don't think it's it's our job to, to do it. And I don't, don't like other people doing that. I, and I agree. I agree with you as well. I don't think, I think, and here's what I would say to that statement, IZ. I would say that um, I think that they've already thought this through because that's why when you play Skyrim, for example, on an Xbox or a PC, you do not get achievements if you install a mod. Yeah. So it, that's kind of their way of pushing you through that pure experience and giving, making most people are going to do that. I did that. I didn't put any mods in because I wanted the achievements. So um, it worked. Well, so it, I, I went through the pure experience. It's also a moot point because there's nowadays, and actually, no, there has never been such a thing as an unmoddable game. People who want to mod a game will mod the game. It's just True. always going to happen. Even if even studios if can make it easier. Release, yeah, right. right. But even if they make it really fucking hard, people are always going to find a way, you know? Yeah, the um, harder they make it, the more people are going to try. So. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, what do you have then? Just a, a hellscape of... And that's the thing is like, it's the, the choice is not between mods and uh, like moddable and not moddable. The choice is between good mods, i.e. like the company making it relatively easy to make them or bad mods i.e. the company making it really hard to make them. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, did any of you uh, try any of the uh, mods for Pillars of Eternity? No, actually. I mean, I think the few. mods were... Yeah, I, th I thought the mods, or I haven't really gotten too deep into it, but I thought they were... Um, relatively small changes you can do and they were mostly system changes and like the allowable mods um from my understanding uh it wasn't like an in-depth way to mod like in like in bethesda games right like i if what i remember and these are the ones i've read about and you guys tell me if you've heard of others but there was one that would allow you to do more character customization more colors for the hair. There was something about trinkets, uh, unique trinkets. There was a fair trade one. Um, there was, oh, there was another one too. Oh, yeah, you, there was one that allowed you to have six characters in a party. There was oh, nice. um, <laughs> uh, that was for user interface. Too, right? Yeah, user interface yeah. enhancements. Um, I don't remember any content mods, but I could be wrong. I, I haven't heard of any. I never used any for pillars, so I only read about them. Probably um, pretty hard I'd, to make those. Yeah, I mm. mean, for to really have an impact on it in a way like, well, in you know, in Bethesda games, there's definitely ones that change the story or add to the story. Um, and I'm probably wrong about this, and I'll get emails, but I don't remember pillars having a lot of those or any at all. They were just like you yeah. said; they were like little things here and there, user interface. I can give my guy a different color hair than they could have before, or whatever. Um, okay, want to go into the last question, then we'll be done for the day. I will preface it that um, I'm including this question because I think I think it's a valid question, and I think we should be careful about how we react to the question initially. Um, 
So, but I want to put it in there because I think it's an important question. Um, whether you agree with it or not does not necessarily uh, mean that you are a good or a bad person. Let me put it that way. Um, now you're probably thinking in your head, holy shit, what the hell is the question? Yeah, what's, what's <laughs> but, about to come down the yeah. pipeline here? Um, so, um, this is a person called Manga Makes Me Cry. Um, great great name there um i hope it's in a good uh, way manga makes me cry i wrote in and said um in pillars i could play as a man or a woman avowed should allow more gender fluid fluidity even in the middle of the game long after the character is created that's the statement yeah, sure. so i'm assuming what manga is saying here is that you would be able to create a maybe not even a male or a female but also let's say you did create a male but you could then in the middle transition uh, to a female or even to a non-gender specific or even take it a step further I was thinking about this and work it into the gameplay where it almost becomes to an advantage at certain points to, I don't know how that would, that's probably going to come off wrong, but. Um, well, are you talking about like sort of the, the um, uh, new Vegas, like the, the perks thing where you, you have like lady killer and confirmed bachelor and all that stuff. Oh, okay. And you can take both yeah. and I hadn't be thought about that. And also deal 10% more damage against everybody yes. in the game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a good example. I had not I'd forgotten all about that. Um, and I'm sure there's other games that do this, especially some of the Asian games, I'm sure, that have, you know, taken this on because it seems in, in general, and I know this because my daughter is a huge manga fan, but in general, I feel like manga is more friendly to modern trends and mod no, mm. trends is not the word okay i'm sorry trends is not the word well, no I, what I i'm know trying, what you're trying to say to is there's there's more there's more welcome there they seems to be welcoming to um ginger fluidity let's put it that way it at yeah. least what she's yeah sort of it, it really depends i mean man- manga is uh it's a genre you know there's there's gonna be some people who are more welcoming towards uh <laughs> yeah you know towards those okay, so, and some people who aren't but like like yeah like one piece is actually weird weirdly like uh trans positive which is <laughs> kind of cool to see but uh yeah there, there's also a lot of really uh bad stuff okay well really i mean not bad bad's not the shit, word but, but yeah. different different views okay let's put it that I, way. i'll say I'll, I'll say this i think that Similar to mods and things like that, I don't think uh, we should dictate how someone wants to play a game. And I think that if it doesn't hurt the game, adding something like that is is not a big deal. And in fact, adding something even going further and, and, and being able to change whatever pronoun you want to use throughout the entire game is, I mean, why not? I, I don't see it's... It seems like something, especially if you're not um, adding like system changes, if it's right, something yeah. that just changes the, the something that you're already doing, like the pronoun that they use, I, I don't see why that would hurt the, the game at all. It's a role <laughs> playing game. Yeah. It would be kind of so. great, actually. So the, what if they had like an optional like quest that you could take to like gather the ingredients for a, a potion or like a ritual to help you transition? <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be kind of cool, it, actually. I think that would be cool. I think, you know, I mean, they, they have to, as a studio, they have to walk a fine line. But I will say oh, this, absolutely. you know, I give I give a lot of crap to um, CD Projekt. But um, if you look at the way you create characters in um, Cyberpunk... That yeah. was groundbreaking. I mean, you can literally give different genitalia to you know you you know what I'm saying. You can you you can oh, yeah. you can really it it basically lets you play the role you want to play, which I think is what you were trying to say, Remoran, is that because it's a role playing game, if you want to be this type of role, will allow you to do that. It's not necessarily going to affect the content of the story or the game, which I don't I'm not I don't have a problem with, it, of course, but. Um, it allows you to play that role. I mean, why would we not allow it if it seems like a very easy thing for companies to incorporate, right? Also, this is a setting where uh, we we literally can have, your your soul has been reused and reused and reused. Yeah. And and sometimes they awaken and sometimes the awakened soul was of a different gender. And that might make you question who are you really? I mean, you you don't have to. You were born into this body, which could be whatever. But you realize, no, this is not really who you are. Now that you think of it, now that you experience perhaps an, another side of the same coin on or the other side of the coin or whatever, and and this makes you question it. Um, so, in, in fact, I, I mean, That's interesting. In, uh, I mean, depending on how you read it, I mean, Aloth could be written or read as a person who is dealing with gender identity because he has an awakened soul of a woman in him. He's, right. he's dealing with, with yeah. uh, Aloth is gender yeah. fluid representation. <clears throat> Hell yeah. I'm oh, my God. You, you're right on. <laughs> you're spot on. Yes. But so, also, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, Aora is kind of uniquely positioned to tell those kinds of stories. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. The si- the science of it, the 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 whole souls thing. You're absolutely right. Parenthesis, genius point. By the way, I totally didn't even think about that. Um, and I think that 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 for this person, it's obviously important, very important to them. And there's they're not alone. There's a lot of people that's pretty important too. Plus, I think it's kind of cool myself. Um, not that it means anything, but I always play female. So you know, I. Uh, when I create characters, I don't know. It's just everybody has their preference and uh, you should be able to pick that. It doesn't necessarily have to be black or white, especially in today's world. And I think programming wise, I don't think it would be that much to ask. I mean, I like that cyberpunk kind of leaned into it um, in a big way. Uh, their, Their character creator is probably the best that I've ever seen ever. And I'm sure there's some people who would argue others, but I mean, it was ridiculously detailed, um, allowing you to pretty much create this being uh, that you want to play. I mean, uh, other than the fact that you couldn't look in the mirror and see them, but they fixed that. But anyway, it's, uh, (laughs) you know, I can't change my hair or whatever, but they fixed all those problems. Yeah, they fixed those problems, but... uh, you credit to them. And I think that's a great question. I had, I mean, that just came out of left field when I read it. It was so different from what anybody else has sent in. So kudos for that, for that statement, question, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're going to call the podcast today. That was great. I think we had some good discussion. We'll see what's going to happen on 
June 12th with Xbox uh, and Bethesda Games Showcase. Remember, it's at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are going to have a group of us who are going to watch it together and kind of react as it goes along. And we'll I'll splice that up and edit that up into uh, a podcast for you guys to listen to um, if you're curious. Uh, but I want to be able to react to it live as it happens and express my disappointment or excitement as it, as it's happening. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. So you can look for that in the future. Um, so... Uh, Remoran, how can people find you if they want to follow you or, or see what you're up to? At Sir Remoran on Twitter, uh, S-I-R-R-E-M-E-R-A-N. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Jed Mandu? Uh, I'm Jed Mandu on Twitter. Uh, pretty easy to find. Um, you can follow me if you want. I post about writing. I post about uh politics i post about video games i basically just like post about whatever the hell i feel like talking about at any given time excellent that's what it's there for right so come follow me i'm just a dude yeah and we uh we're of course at aboutcast um on twitter and aboutcast at gmail.com um parenthesis i assume you don't you're still not uh, in the sharing stage am i correct yeah, uh, I've been thinking about running some minor games on Twitch, but nothing, nothing yet. Okay, when you do that, let us know because I would watch them. I'm definitely interested because you pick some pretty amazing games, and uh, and I saw the other day you're still playing Factorio. So, well, it is a forever game. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. I can't wait to jump into that one. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening today, and we uh, will be back with another podcast after the showcase, more than likely. That'll be our next uh, thing that we record, and um, thank you for listening. I apologize for any unseemliness on my part. This won't become a problem, I promise.